The reading is taken from Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 to 11, and can be found on page 203 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back. When you have entered the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land that the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians ill-treated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring, you, bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. This is the word of the Lord. And we're going to take a look at that uh, passage from Deuteronomy um, uh, together and uh, in just a moment. Um, Deuteronomy, if you don't know, um, that, that passage, that bit of the Bible was, was written and spoken to, uh, Moses speaking to God's people who had spent 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years wandering uh, and, and moving around, waiting. And the question that I want to ask this morning is, how did they come out of the wilderness with thanks? How did they come out of the wilderness with a sense of thankfulness? Uh, with thanks to the Lord. Uh, we're going to look at it in just a moment. I thought we'd start with a story of thankfulness. Um, a former member of our church here, uh, a chap called Tim, uh, sent us a video, sent us a, part of a story, uh, part of his story of um, both recently and, and years before, just reflecting on God's uh, faithfulness to him. So we'll watch this, it's about three minutes or so, and then we'll come back and look at this together. Hello, good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Tim Scott. You've probably seen me at the front playing the pink guitar. Um, I'm just going to start by reading you a little bit of Psalm 33, verse 18, which really struck me this morning. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. I grew up in a, a Christian household. My mum and dad were Christians and they took me to church. I went to an evangelical church in a place called Marple. I came to know Christ when I was seven. I was baptised when I was 14. I remember going to Spring Harvest when I was 14, 15 and uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, but my life kind of dropped to pieces during my 20s, my early 20s when I had a nervous breakdown and suffered with depression. And although I became quite close to Christ, looking for um, 
the answer uh, at that time. I it just didn't come, and it was very difficult. And I found that I kind of drifted away from the church during my later twenties, and didn't really come back until I was in my late thirties. And that's where I ended up landing at Platt. When I went to church in the evening, I'd feel better, and I'd feel like Christ was more in my life. And uh, gradually, the love of Christ infiltrated my life again which is wonderful. Over the years at Platt, it's been really helpful and I've definitely grown in faith and I hope that I've been a help to those around me as well. I do appreciate very much the support that people have given to me and I hope that I have been able to give back to them. When the COVID struck, it was a bit of a crisis time and uh, I was overwhelmed by the fact that the church reached out to help me. Uh, it's been an amazing few years. Part of my plan when the lockdowns came was to try and get closer to God. It was one of my aims. And when you get try and get closer to God, he comes closer to you. And my goodness, my life has changed quite a lot. I've come to live here in Europe with my wife. I met my wife last year, Tanya. And uh, I knew she was a good one when we were dating online because she was living in London at the time. And we often had Bible study and prayer together. And uh, I felt like God was saying, you've got to marry this one. You've got to ask her. <laughs> so, so I did. So I stopped her from traveling off to Switzerland. And then we ended up getting married in the autumn. And we've come to live in Germany. I feel like God is leading me in a different direction. I'm not quite sure, fully sure of the journey yet, but all sorts of doors have been opening. And uh, I'm just very grateful and thankful, full of praise for God for the way uh, my life, when it's really not been very difficult, has turned out. And I'd just like to thank everyone at Platt and uh, say goodbye for now. Uh, I'm sure that we will be back to the UK, but I don't know how permanent we will be if we do come back. Uh, so wherever you're watching this, have a fantastic Sunday, whether you're watching online or watching in church. Bye! <laughs> and uh, Tim's, you get so Tim's honesty there in, in just talking about his experience over the past few years and indeed during the um, pandemic and just reflecting on God's hand in his life. Um, we're going to um, take a look then at the, the story that God's people were telling um, as they approached the promised land, having had these years in the wilderness. What was it they could say? Um, for context, in case you don't know, the, the book of Deuteronomy comes at that stage. And so Moses is speaking to God's people then. Um, and if you can imagine that 40 years has passed, so he's talking to the next generation, really, who are coming through. Um, I'm, I'm aware that sometimes there are generational divides, and, uh, and you might have come across the phrase, um, OK Boomer, which is uh, sometimes sort of of, uh, of of the younger generations who kind of look at uh, the, the, the Boomer generations and say, well, it's all been fine for you, OK Boomer, that's great, but you know, we've got to get on with life and it's difficult. There may be that kind of generational divide you sense here, I don't know. And uh, I think Moses would say, uh, if you imagine, he was speaking to the next generation, the younger generation coming through. So actually, he may well be there if he was talking to them going, if there were people in God, of God's people who were saying, well, 
Look, this is just for the oldies, uh, and you define what oldie is, but you know, if this is just for the oldies, the boomer generation and the equivalent, he would be saying, well, no, no, it's for you. And so I do want to say, you know, we're going to talk about some things this morning. Uh, we'll talk about giving thanks. We'll, we will talk about finances and things like that. And if you're sitting here already thinking, it's just for the oldies, just for the older generation, I don't need to give that any thoughts. Can I say, Moses would say, that's not right. Actually, it's for all of us. And for for those who are a part of the younger generations as well, this is a good thing to think about. What is this, how does this map onto your life? What are you going to make of this? So the question we're asking is, how did they come out of the wilderness with thanks? And a couple of things we're going to look at. The story they told and the conviction they had. The story they told and the conviction they had. The story they told, what was the story they told? The story they told, two quick things. It was realistic and it was God-focused. It was realistic and it was God-focused. The very start of it um, uh, uh, picks up the story that, that you, you have to imagine them. He's saying to them, you're going to come to this land. When you're, you're an agricultural farming community. When you get to there, there are, these are the things you, you'll settle in it. And then you're to bring this, uh, uh, this produce uh, before the Lord. But there is a story that goes with it. There's a story that you can tell. And if you've got sight of it, we'll pick up from verse 5, where he says, you should declare before the Lord your God." My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians ill-treated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. And we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. The, The story that they had to tell was realistic. Actually, the challenges are there. They go way back um, uh, many, many years. So when it says, my father was a wandering Aramean, it's talking about Jacob, uh, associated with that part of the world, um, uh, Aram. And the word uh, wandering is also a, it's perishing. He was a perishing Aramean. Actually, he was in great need. He was in hardship. He was vulnerable. Uh, God's people have often been in this position of vulnerability. Um, it talks about them going down into uh, to Egypt Uh, But the Egyptians ill-treated us. They made us suffer. There was harsh labor. There was misery, toil, oppression. The story of God's people is one of servitude at times, slavery, difficulty, challenge. The Bible doesn't shy away from that. The realism of the forging of God's people were in difficult circumstances. They had a story they could tell. It was very realistic. Uh, You think about two years ago. How many of us knew what was coming to us, what we would face, uh, what the pandemic would bring, the experience that some uh, of you will have been through? A lot of it's unseen, I think, uh, the experience of the pandemic. Lots of it, obviously, we're aware of, but the situations that people have faced, for many, it has felt like a period of wilderness, a period of struggle and difficulty. And the Bible is realistic about the story that God's people had. The wilderness they faced, that 40 years, the the many years before that, of difficulty. And of course, of course, the effects of that would have translated and, and run through into the generations that were to follow. So the next generation that comes and, and, and has this story, they know that the effects are there of the things that they have faced. And you only have to read on in the story, into the book of Judges and other, other stories that come, and, and to see some of the lasting impact of the challenge of those years. It was a realistic story. But it was framed by God's hand in the life of his people. It was God-focused at the same time. 
Uh, so it, it, there's, uh, I, sometimes I find this helpful, you might not. Um, uh, the Bible, if you want a, a way of thinking about the Bible, and it's all the books that kind of go together, it's very much like the, the, the sort of grand cinematic universes that you get at the moment, okay? Um, whether it's the sort of uh, Wizarding Worlds, Harry Potter kind of thing, or the Marvel cinematic universe, they, they create these grand, grand stories, um, and then they link them together. Side note, I have seen the new Doctor Strange movie, uh, it is good. If you want to talk to me afterwards, come find me. Um, <laughs> but they link these films together, and they link stories, and then they, they make one of the fun things that they do is they make these callbacks to things that have happened in earlier parts of the story. So when you get the story that they're told here, right from the beginning, when, they're told, when you've entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and taken possession of it and settled in it, it's saying that it's a callback to Abraham and God's promise that they would have a place, they would have a, a, a land that they could be a part of. It's a callback to him. When it says they went down into Egypt with just a few people, that is a callback to the, uh, the, the 12 sons, the families who went down into Egypt, stayed there, they grew into a nation. It's, it's a callback to God saying, I am going to grow you as a people. You won't always just be a, a sort of vulnerable small number. When it says, uh, uh, this great line, uh, verse 9, he brought us to the, let's say, we brought us to this place, gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It's not just milk and honey. It's really a, a shorthand almost for peace and stability. And it's what Moses spoke to them of when they were going to leave Egypt. And it's a callback, if you like, to that time and saying, God said, I will provide for you ultimately a place, a place of peace and stability. You won't always live with this restless uncertainty, this waking up in the middle of the night asking what's going to happen. Will we be all right? So the God focus, the God frame, if you like, the two things go together. How did they come out with thankfulness? They were realistic, but they had a sense of what God had been doing in their lives. They could trace those stories, just as we heard Tim talk about the, the kind of points along the, along the way in his uh, life, where he sensed God at work in, uh, in and with him. So how did they come out uh, of uh, the wilderness with thanks? It's partly the story they told. What story, I wonder, do we have to tell of God working with us and in us? Second, the conviction that they had. The conviction they had. So, uh, the conviction they had two quick things again. It, had, it was personal and it was generous. The conviction they had was personal and it was generous. Um, when the opening comes, it had to be, it's so interesting that the instruction that Moses gives them, it has to be a personal conviction that they have. So, listen again, verse 1. When you've entered the land your God is giving you as an inheritance and taken possession of it and settled in it, Take some of the first fruits that you produce from the soil of the land that the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. So you're an agricultural people, you've done your farming. At that point in the year, you gather together your, the first and best of, of, of some of the produce that you've got and you bring that and you take it to the place that God has said, bring it here to the priest and offer it and say this and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God, that I've come to the land your, the Lord your, uh, swore to our ancestors to give us. I declare today. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Years in the wilderness, wandering around, you finally get a place where you settle, you gather together your, your uh, produce, your crops, you put them there in, in a basket, everyone 
presumably might take a couple of people to carry it. You bring it, you take it there, and you say, I declare, God, you have given me this. I declare, Lord, this is your hand in my life. It would have been a really, uh, quite a a symbolic, physical, uh, a real act of saying, Lord, you have done this. Not, well, I guess, you know, my family have always been sort of vaguely associated with God's people. Um, there's, There's an aunt who was, I think she went, you know, along and did the sort of God's people stuff, or my parents were. So, yeah, we kind of do this thing, there's a basket and it happens, and I tag along. He's saying, look, you need to bring this. You know, pers- it needs to be a personal conviction about a relationship you have with the Lord that says, I declare today, this is what you've done for me, Lord. Not on the coattails of someone else. I think that's why he's talking to them as the next generation. So they can't just say, yeah, okay, boomer, you deal with it. They have to bring it themselves. They have to know where they stand and, and know the relationship that they have. And he's, towards the end, when he kind of reiterates what they're to do, verse 10, uh, bring the first fruits of the soil that you, um, Lord, have given me, um, place the basket uh, before the Lord and bow down before him. Uh, when it's, it, 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 remember, too, that they're going into the land of Canaan. They're going into this, this land that they were given, a land where uh, they were told other gods would be worshipped, in particular the gods uh, Baal, uh, who was thought to be a god that uh, helped pro- the crops produce and, and, and brought fertility and rain and those sorts of things. And actually they are to, to come and declare to the Lord, Lord, exclusively it is you that has been working. You have allowed this to be brought into being. You have granted me this. Not some other gods. Uh, it's not because I happen to have worked hard. Uh, I've done pretty well for myself. I got a decent education. Um, uh, you know, I've made my way in life. No, Lord, you have brought about the circumstances, and I stand here today before you. It's true for all of us. There's nothing I have that hasn't been given to me by the Lord. Not even the circumstances of our birth, the, the, the place that we're born into, uh, the situation we're in, uh, what we're granted, comes from the hand of the Lord. And to have that personal conviction, um, a little later on in our service, as we, when we draw to a close, we'll, we'll say these words, all good things come from you, O Lord, and of, our own do we, and of your own do we give you. We give you back what you have granted to us. So it was personal, the conviction they had, and it was to be generous. Um, they had to be convinced that it was uh, beneficial for everyone. The very end of the uh, instructions they're given, as they come with their basket of produce, then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. And they had to have a conviction. How do you come out of the, the wilderness with thanks? Well, partly it's looking around and seeing others and what they need. And actually, it, it, it prompts a thankfulness uh, to the Lord uh, for what we have. And a, and a generosity towards those who have less. So a couple of details that you might not know. The Levites were part of the priestly tribe and the foreigners uh, that are described here. And it's describing people who wouldn't have been given an allotment of land. So they're those who don't have the land in the way that God's people um, here are described. So actually there's a provision here for those who don't have as much, those who are more in need. And if you look elsewhere, um, earlier in Deuteronomy, you'll see there's a pattern 
Um, a pattern that they establish, um, again, if you haven't come across this, every year they were to do this here, they were to take a tenth of all that they had, and they were to bring it um, uh, to God and offer it. And there was a pattern set up that every, every third year, they were to take another tenth of what they had, and they were to distribute that uh, to those in need and, and among them. They were to, to create a, a sort of system, almost, of providing for those who had less. Uh, it was sort of setting up a pattern of generosity. It was part of distinguishing them from other nations around. They were trying to build in uh, a, a, a generosity, uh, a, a way of showing mercy uh, that they might uh, for those who were in need. And it's a pattern of generosity that then is taken through Scripture and into the New Testament where it's kind of enriched and deepened. And it encourages them to be generous in their thinking towards others and towards the Lord. But they had, to be, they had to be convinced in that sense that what they were bringing here was going to be of benefit. Actually, it was going to lead to rejoicing so that the Levites, the foreigners, together with them, will rejoice in the good things. Actually, part of their witness, part of their thankfulness would lead to the rejoicing of others. It would overflow in that way. One of the um, great uh, encouragements here at Platts, we will uh, we'll talk uh, about some finances in a bit. Jez will come and talk to us. We, as a church, uh, give away uh, 20% of our income to places that go, uh, whether that's to, to work and ministry um, uh, overseas or to other things in the UK. We try to be and model a generosity in how we use the income that comes to us. It's a great encouragement. It lifts our eyes. It helps us see what is going on around us. And that same sense of personal conviction and generous conviction was to mark God's people as they went uh, into this new place that God was taking them. How did they come out of the wilderness with thanks? Partly it's the story they told. A story of realism, challenges, yes, but a story of God's hand in those, at work in and through them. And it's a conviction they had, a personal conviction that the Lord had upheld them through all those challenges and that it would be a blessing to others around them, particularly those who were in greater need. As we draw this together, I'm going to give us a moment, uh, just a minute, uh, to quietly just reflect. I'm aware there might be a whole range of situations that people are in here this morning. For some here, I'm very aware that uh, they are, you may feel that you are still very much in the wilderness, whether that's recently or very, you know, stretches back a long way, that actually the place that you're in is really the wilderness still. Uh, for some, it may be that you just want to reflect on the story of God's faithfulness to you. It, means it takes a little time to, to ponder, to think about how has God been at work? What would I say? I heard uh, Tim's story. I wonder, would, would I have a different story? Some of us may want to respond, uh, perhaps even today. And in a short time, we'll hear from Jez and he'll talk about how we might want to do that, if that is partly through our giving. If, if the circumstances are that God has in some way blessed us through this time, uh, perhaps in ways we weren't expecting, and we want to acknowledge and reflect that, we'll sing together in just a moment. But I'm going to invite you just to just have a moment of quiet, a minute or so, just to bow our heads 
the musicians will come back up and then we'll play uh, and we'll stand and sing if you're able. <laughs>